of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Nun Vav. We left off on Daf Nun Vav, 12 lines from the top of the Amit. We learned on Daf Nun Hey Amit Beis Abraisa. We learned the Tana Rabbi Yeshua taught us that there are four cases in which even though the person is liable, Bidei Shamayim, the person is exempt from Bidei Adam. And we enumerated the four cases. So asks the Gemara, are there no more than these four cases? There are many other cases where we say the concept of Potter, Midinei Adam, Vachayiv, Midinei Shamayim. And here in the parentheses, we have a mnemonic, Simen. There is a Braisa that begins with the words Ha'isa. There's another Braisa with the words Bissam. There's another Braisa, Shliach, Chaveroi, Nishbar. The kids are, there are five dinim that we will learn right now in which the halacha is patam adin ayadam, v'chayv adin ayadam. Number one, b'raisa ha'oisim alacha b'mei chatos. If a person does work with the waters that are called the waters of a chatos, these are waters that have in them the ashes of the para aduma. In which the Pasuk says, Lemishmeres, Lemenidom, which means that they have to be guarded to be exclusively used only for the Menidom. And if any work is done with them, so for example, Rashi says, Shishakal Kenegdan Mishkalois, that if a person using water as a weight, so you know that this water weighs a pound, and you're selling something by the pound, so you have a weight. And you're putting the water on one side and you're putting the meat on the other side to get the right weight. Even though you didn't use the waters themselves, but since you made use of them, they are no longer fit to be used for mechatas. Or, ube paras chatas, if a person did any work with the paraduma itself. And as the Pasuk says, asher loy Allah oil, that the paraduma is only a kosher one, if no work was ever done to it, here the person used them, and according to Rashi, what is the problem, what is the issue? This is called a hezek she'ena nikar, a undiscernible damage. For which Dish Braisa says that pate Since the hezek is not discernible, it's not nikar, Beisdin won't be able to force you to pay. You understand the hezek, aparaduma, the story we learned in Kedushan, how much money it can be sold for? Well, you can't see the damage, even though And as we spoke out in the last year, that if you don't want to be punished by Hashem in this world, you have to make restitution. But here is another example of That's number one. Well, uh, that's another good point that Rav Shlem is making. How do you know how much money it's worth? Well, let's word it this way. If the Chachamim were going to pay that person a half a million dollars, then you know that's how much it's worth. And how much will the next person get paid? So this Paraduma became disqualified. And Vihaikar number two, if a person puts a potion of poison, in front of your fellow's animal, and the animal is going to eat it, and the animal is going to die. Says the Braisa, Potter Medina Yadam, Vechayib Medina Shemayim. This is a concept that we learned not that long ago on Daf Mem Zayin Omid Beis. This is what Rav said, Havaleshaloy Soichal, who asked the animal to eat, as an interesting concept. So since the animal chose to eat, the person who put the Samhamavis is Chayib Medina Shemayim, Potter Medina Yadam. Case number two, 
Case number three. No. That was the whole Mishnah, that if I bring my Pedis into your Chatzar, and your animal gets damaged on my Pedis, and I went there, Shaloi B'Rishos, so the Mishnah says, I'm Chayiv. So Raf says, you know what, I'm Chayiv. If your animal tripped on my Pedis, if your animal ate my Pedis, imagine the Chutzpah, I, pro, I, I brought my Pedis into your yard without your permission. I can tell you who asked your animal to eat. Now again, Yachayiv Medine Shemayim, Yopatim Medine Yodim. And number three, if a person is going to send fire, we learned this earlier on in the Masechta, you gave fire in the hands of people that are halachically, mentally incompetent, and they in turn damaged with the fire. And if you remember, good, that's a good chazara, and the Machlekes is, Reish says that we're speaking about a, you know, there's the Gacheles and there's a Shalheves. Gacheles means a, a coal that has fire in it, but it's not flaming. Rav Shlakesh says, this din is only by the Gacheles. Since when you gave the Gacheles, it wasn't a flam fire, they were the ones that fanned it into the fire. So therefore you put it. According to the Shlakish, if you give the Yad Cheder Shaitavakatan, Mamish a Shalheves, a burning fire, and their Mazik, you're Chayef. Rabbi Yechnan says, no, even if you put the Yad Cheder Shaitavakatan, a Shalheves, you did not do the damage directly. You caused damage to happen. Okay? You're a Grama. Grama bin Izakin is Patamidine Yadam, Chayvidine Shemaim. And number four, we learned this din many times. Rashi Lishitase, who learned in the ear of your friend, Rashi always says you hit him. Because Rashi holds that if you only shout in the ear of your friend, that's this din. That you frighten someone. That person who focused their mind in the fright, somehow Rashi understands that the frightening or the shock can induce deafness. But since it was not done with your hand, it was not done physically, that's another case that you put them in the other And number five, if a person stumbled and they fell and they were carrying a pitcher and their pitcher broke and the person did not remove the broken pieces of chard or if a person would stumble again and because of their stumbling their camels their, their camel stumbled and the person who had time did not pick up their camel and then something else was broken on the broken cod or on the stumbled camel so we learned the and the chachamim if you remember that's a Rachachamim is Rabbi Yehuda, holds Patim and Dinayadam and Chayyadin Shemayim. To quickly review that din, so if you remember that on Daf Chavtes, Abaye said that the Machlek is between Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim, which is Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, is Betarte Pligi. Number one, if Niskal Peshayahu, if a person stumbles, is that considered an act of negligence? And Rabbi Meir holds that Niskal is Peshayah. So therefore, the whole thing is a Peshayah. You shouldn't have stumbled. If your cod is there, some, something else got damaged on it. You stumbled, you caused your camel to stumble. Whatever happens afterwards is all from your negligence and therefore your chayv. Rabbi Yehuda holds, number one, niskal laf v'sheyahu. And then, number two, number two is important. Let's just chazad what Rabbi Yechanan explained. That if 
based on number one, Rabbi Huda's, the Chachamim Shita, that stumbling is not called a Shia. And number two, after the person had their broken shards, after the person had their camel that was broken, with, uh, was stuck in the Rishul Sarabim, the person was mafkirit, even though, that's the way Rabbi Yechonon learns, if I negligently put something in the Rishul Sarabim, Avnoi, Sakinoi, Masoi, you remember all that? And then I'm after it, I'm out of the hook. But in the case where it got to the Rishul Sarabim, Bo'inus, Rabbi Yehuda holds Niska, Lafoy Sheyahu, and on top of that, I'm after it, then that's why the Chachamim hold that if someone stumbles on it, then I'm Pater Medina Yodom, but again, I'm Chayv Medina Shemai. So, well, Chachamim is Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yechanan interpreted Rabbi Yechanan's Rabbi Yechanan interpreted Rabbi Huda's leniency that it's not enough that you're mafkirit, it has to also be that it got there bo'inus. According to, I think it was Rabbi Lazar, he holds that it doesn't have to be that way. That there were two completely separate dinim, even if you bring something in the Rishul Sarabim, Bipshia, if you're mafkirit, now that it's not yours, you're patim din adam v'chayim Be that as it may, the Gemara just wants to point out that there are so many other cases where we say the concept of patim din adam why did the Tana Rabbi Yeshua say, as we learned in the last year, right in the in the Dafnun days in the wide line, answers the Gemara. You know what? In your right, there are many cases in Hilchas Nezikin where we have the concept of so why did Rabbi Yeshua speak about these four cases? Explains the Gemara. The Chiddush was dafkan these four. That Mao the Tayman, the four that Rabbi Yeshua mentioned, you would think that And as the Gemara is going to explain a good Chazara on the four cases that we learned earlier, that each one of them might lead a person to think that you're not even Chayv Medina Shemaim. So the Kamash Mulan of Rabbi Yeshua is that Medina Shemaim you're Chayv. And now we'll explain why you would you think in each one of the four that you should not even be chayv in the Nishamayim. Explains the Gemara. Well, we'll get there. One second. I mean, one case. First case that he mentioned was If a person breached a wall which allowed the animal to go out. And as we explained, the issue is not whether I'm chayv on the loss of the animal. That's for sure only grama. And that we know. The Chiddush, as the Gemara explained, was is that I'm even potter to pay for the wall that I breached. Now, I broke my fellow's wall down. However, what did we say? We explained that the wall was a koisel ru'ua, and therefore they were obligated to, to break the, bring it down regardless. So, ma'ahu the tema, you would take a think, kivin de la ka'i, since the wall is like we said, a koisel ru'ua, the first words on top of Nun Vav, I would think, Ma'avid, what did this person do wrong? Medina Shemaim Nami Loi Lechayev. So the Chiddush of Rabbi Yeshua is, Medina Shemaim Yerchayev. Who asked you to be the one to do it? It's not your wall. It's not your Chiyuv. Number two. Now one second. And the way we learned on top of the Yomit, that I am not Chayev to pay for the wall. For the wall, I'm Takapater. Even Medina Shemaim. However, for the lost animal, Medina Shemayim, I'm Chayev. So you would have thought, since the Kaisal Ru'a needed to be knocked down, I should be exempt even for the animal's loss. For that, I'm Chayev to pay. That's the Chiddush of Rabbi Yeshua. 
Case number two. If a person, as we explained, there was a fire burning. I didn't light the fire. There's someone else's grain. The fire will never get to the grain. For some reason, the mazik, Ruven bent the grain of someone else towards the direction of the fire. And as we explained, and Beruach Metsuya, the fire will never get there. But what happened was, something unusually happened. An unusual wind came, and the wind brought the fire to the bent grain. So there also, Nami, there's a Chiddush, because Maho Tema Leimon, the bender, the Kaifif, can tell the damaged party, Mi Hava Yodano Da Asiruach She'ena Metsuya. I never knew that this unusual wind would come. Yeah, I bent your grain, but under normal circumstances, nothing would have happened. I'm an oinus. And therefore, I would think, Again, that's the second din of Rabbi Yeshua to tell you the Chiddush that you're chayim din Din number three. And Ravashi, and according to Ravashi, that interpreted the case of Rabbi Yeshua was that the, the person covered his fellow's grain being that Aish is exempt the, the one who lit the fire doesn't have to pay for that which the fire burnt which was hidden and he hid the grain you would think I intended to cover your grain for your benefit I'm claiming Reuven is claiming I covered your grain because I saw the fire coming and I thought that if I'll cover your grain, I'm going to protect your grain. Happened to be that it didn't protect your grain. But f- first of all, he didn't light the fire. His kavana was good. So you would think, Because if you wouldn't have covered it, the one who lit the fire would have to pay for the damages that his fire caused. Now that you made his grain tamun, he's exempt. So you caused the damaged party not to get compensation from the owner of the fire, Medina Shemaim, you pay up. And what was the next case? If a person hires false witnesses, and as the Gemara explained, not that the false witnesses made, let's say the hirer is Reuven. He's the sinner here. Reuven got false witnesses to testify that Shimon owns Reuven money. That's not the case. Because if that would have been the case, then Reuven has to give the money back. The case was that Reuven got witnesses to say that Shimon owes Levi money. So now the Tamalema that Reuven can tell based in why do you want me to compensate him? Even within a Shemayim. Divrei Harav, Divrei HaTalmud, Divrei Mishraimim, the whole rule that ain't Shlich Ledvar What do you mean I hired witnesses? They shouldn't have listened to me. The witnesses were the ones that are responsible. Why should I be responsible? And you would think, Medina Shemayim, Nami Lechayiv, is Komash Mullah, no, 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 you hired, you instigated, you caused. You're takapatan medinei adam and ain't shliach ledvar avera, but you're not off the hook. If you don't want to get punished by Hashem, then pay to the damaged party that which you somehow caused to happen. And what was the final case of Rabbi Yeshua? If a person knows testimony, and he doesn't come and say it, and how did we explain this case that there's only one eight? And therefore, what's the, what's, the, what's the pros and the cons? Well, on one hand, even if he would have said his testimony, based on the, aid, on the testimony of one aid, Beisdin never would have taken money from one to the other. However, like we, we learned at Ashi insight, whenever a person has one witness against them, they have to take an oath that they're saying the truth. 
And it's common that a person says, you know what? I don't want to swear, I'll pay. So his testimony could have led for payment. So therefore, he's chayim edir So here also there's a chiddush because ma'ahu the teima miyemar dechiyahav misadino lei. The one who knew testimony, who didn't say, can claim. Who tells you that if I would have testified, have a moida? How do you know that he would have agreed? Maybe if I would have said that Reuven is chayiv to Shimon, Reuven would have sworn that he's not chayiv. Dilma have a mishtaba l'shikra. And therefore, I, my not testifying didn't even certainly cause a damage. That's the chiddush here. And you would think, So that's the biggest chiddush. That since you violated not withholding testimony, and here it could have led to money payment, and so you want to be exempt from a day shamayim, you have to pay up. Now the Gemara goes back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah taught us that Nitritza Balayla, that they were speaking about sheep, that they were inside a fold, inside of an enclosure, and the walls of the enclosure were breached. The Mishnah did not say how that happened. We did speak out to Teisvis, is that it's Dapka that it was breached at night, because if it was breached during the day, then again, Beisden has to estimate how much time. But without doubt, the neighbors will notice something is wrong. And they will tell the bowel of the corral, the bowel of the enclosure. And then he has to fix it. And if that time passes and he doesn't fix it, then he's chayv to pay. The case was it happened at night. Or thieves broke into the enclosure. And what happened? And the animal went out and the animal damaged. So the Mishnah says that the owner of the animals is exempt. Amar so Rabba qualifies the Mishnah. Do you know when the owner is exempt? That's only when the animal dug under the enclosure. In other words, Nifritza, it breached because the animal dug under it. An animal digging under an enclosure is considered an oinus. It's mamash an oinus, so therefore the owner is spotted. Abel says the Gemara, what did Rabba mean? What do we infer from Rabba's statement? That loy chatra, that if it wasn't that the animals dug under the wall, but let's say the wall fell down, my, what then? Then will the bowel of the animals be chayiv? Why? Hechidami asks the Gemara. If the wall was a strong wall, the owner n- never needed to think that the wall is going to break. Is kilechatra my chayiv? My havalelamevat. You build a corral, you put your animals in an enclosed area, if under the normal circumstances the animals would have been stuck there, that's called an oinus. Elot must be l'chura farabas qualification to work. We're speaking about our kaisalruah that the enclosure itself was already rickety, which means that even if the animal wouldn't have dug under the wall, anyways the wall would have fallen down and the animal would have damaged anyway. But here we have another problem: is if the owner was a paisheya. By him allowing a kaisal ru'ua to stand, even if de facto at the end the animals went out bainus, still why should you be potter? This should go into the famous argument regarding tchilasi b'pshia v'soyfe bainus, which is a classical case. You know, pshia chayiv, bainus potter. What's going to be in a scenario that initially you're pshia, then at the end it turned out that what happened was an bainus, which is mamish this case. You began by being negligent. And even though it ended with an unforeseen mishap, why should you be potter? Now, then Rabbi will make sense. 
But even if the soifer ba'inas, since it began with a pshia, your chayiv ma'ikalameimer. How do we understand Rabbah? Are we forced to say that Rabbah siding with one of these two sides? We prefer not. So says the Gemara. El, I'll tell you our Mishnah speaking about our kaisel body, and really ba'afilu leichatra. Even if the animal did not dig under the wall, even if the wall fell down, like we explained by a kaisel body, the owner of the animal says, "What should I have done? I'm an oynus." The whole statement of Rabbah goes on the next case in the Mishnah. What does the Mishnah write later? That if a person left their animals in the hot scorching sun a day like today, animals like human beings, they can't take the heat. So, you, so the animal went knocking against the wall. Or if the person gave the animal over to the hands of a chedesh shaitiv or a katan and the animal escaped, and the animal went out and it did damage. So our Mishnah says that the owner of the animal is chayiv. And this said Rabbah, that, that you're chayiv for the damages even if the animal went under the enclosure by digging under the wall, which is something unusual, meaning that if the animal went out in a normal manner, it banged against the door, it needed to get out of the heat. And it got out, and it damaged the cool of Shiyahu, Ella Nami, even if the animal dug under the wall, Mao the Tema, don't tell me that Havala you shouldn't have left it in the heat, but now the, the, and the end of the day is the animal got out, and don't tell me that according to the Shita, that you'll be potted, even according to that opinion, the cool of and why my tama, the Omar lay, because the victim tells the owner that meida yodat, you should know, you knew, the kiven, the shofaksa, bahamad, since you left your animal in the heat, kol, tatdika, any tactic, the islay lamevad abda, an animal who's stuck in the heat will do anything it could. And there, an animal digging a hole under the wall is not called an oinus. An animal has to get out of the heat. And therefore, you're chayiv regardless. And that is the ch- Doesn't make a difference. And therefore, listen, if it would be so strong that an animal digging and banging would not be able to get out, the animal would not do damage. The animal did get out. The point of the rabbi is, is that even if the animal got out, it dug under the wall. And even if you hold, here you chayiv. Don't leave an animal in the heat. Then the Mishnah says, if... Again, I have sheep, and I put it in an enclosure, and Ganovim came, and they took the animals out. So the Mishnah says that the, that the Ganovim, the listim are chayovim. Now when we learned the Mishnah, we spoke out to Rashi, that Rashi said that we spoke out the Mishnah in a way that even though the listim did not acquire the animals, since they were moishachit, they acquired it enough for them to be chayif, if the animal does damage. Here we're going to learn the following. Turning to the Apnun Vav So the Gemara is saying Pshita. Pshita that the robbers that remove the animals are chayif to pay for the damages and then let's go into a couple of dinam of Kinyanim. That when you have listen, that they, number one, make a Kinyan, if they make a physical Kinyan, for example, a Kinyan Meshicha. Number two, when there is a Shinoi, we're going to go here with just a Shinoi Rishus is good enough. Our Gemara here goes according to the opinion, a Kenyan with a Shinoi Deshus, you're Kaina. 
Now we're going to learn a lot more about these dinim later on. A lot more. But if that's the case, then the kash of the Gemara is pshita. Kivan the afke, since they took it out physically, look inside Rashi, kivan the afkua, so both, says Rashi, ikam eshicha. And you have shinu rishos, to have a kinuya l'chol mili. Now this is really problematic. This is not the time to discuss it. Because especially in our scenario, that the item that was stolen is be'en, and the owner did not have yush, so the l'chol mili is not so simple. So many people learn in the Gemara and in Rashi that l'chol mili doesn't mean that they taka own it. They learn pshat here in Rashi the way we spoke out in the Mishnah. That when it comes to the Ganav's responsibility of paying if the animal damages something else, pshita that the Ganav is chayef to pay. Because he did a king and because he made a shin To which the Gemara answers, it's not as pshita. Because where do we have a chidish? Tzricha, the The Ganavim did not make a physical king on the animal. They did not make Meshich on the animal. What did they do? The Ganavim, for some reason, they wanted the animals to go. They wanted, let's say, I own the animals, and my neighbor has food, and a Ganav wanted for my animal to eat up his food. He's going to make a whole balagan. Then the, the, the neighbor is going to have tainus on me. How did he get my animal there? The Ganavim were learned. They didn't touch the animal. They made a breach in the wall. They blocked the animal's movement only allowing the animal to go in the direction of the grain. So they didn't make Meshicha. That's the case of the Mishnah. And the, chid, and the Mishnah is telling you a Chiddush. Nevertheless, they're Chayv to pay. They come Now, why do they take a Chayv to pay? Don't forget, Gromad bin Isaac and his potter. No one is saying that they're good people. They're Ganovim, they're Listim. But why are they Chayv to pay? So here, Kihad, Amar Rabba, Amar Rav Masno, Amar Rav. So we're quoting Rabba. That said in the name of Ramas and the name of Rav, if a person stands his fellow's animal on someone else's grain, so the din is chayiv. And there also we ask the question, listen, for us it's, until now we have the concept that you own the animal, you're chayiv to pay for what your animal did. But over here, I own the animal. Reuven took my animal and he put my animal on Shimon's grain. Of course Reuven is chayef. And more than that, the maimed pshita. Now, it's not such a pshita because you have under the Rishonim a whole machloikas. Why is Shimon chayef? It wasn't Shimon's animal. So some of the Rishonim learned that Shimon is chayef because he's Adam Hamazik. Because since Shimon put the animal directly on Levi's grain, he's chayef. Other people say no. That it's taka not high from Adam Amazik, it's Shane. But still, it's a pshita. Since he bought the animal on top of Kamas Re'eyu, he should have to pay. And in there, they answered, that it wasn't that it, the, 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 the mischief maker, did not physically put the animal there. He only made the animal go without allowing him any other direction other than there. So here we're going to say that he's considered chayiv. So likewise over here, that's the Chiddush of the Mishnah. And even though the Ganovim did not do Meshicha, since they did not allow the animal to walk in any other direction other than to where the animal did damage, that's why Listam are chayiv. Let me tell you something else. When you taught the Din of Rav Masna, you explained it different. It wasn't that the person you stood in front of your block the only path was the path of the, where he did damage you taught us another din and that's a din in King in Meshicha when we speak about Meshicha 
Does Mashiach mean you have to physically take the animal and draw it towards you? What happens if you hit the animal and your zets cause the animal to go? That's also called king and Mashiach, but that's a chiddush. That Abayi tells Rabbi Yosef, you explained that the Navrav Masna was in a case of Ikisha, of you hitting the animal, so you're not a mazik biyodayim. You did not block or direct. You hitting the animal, which caused the animal to go, al kamas chaveroi, it's a chiddush that the owner of the animal is pater. The guy who hit the animal is chayiv. Same thing over here. Omartlan, just like you explained Rav Masna that way, here also to answer your question of Pshita, say that Velist and Nami, the Hikishua, that Ganovim did not make a Meshich in the classical way. They broke into my corral. They hit the animals. That made the animals run out. So the Mishnah is telling you a Chiddush, yeah, that that's also included in King and Meshich. And like we learned, since there was Meshich and there was a Shinarishus, however you're going to learn Pshat in the words of the Gemara Lachol Mili, even if we're going to learn it the way many propose, it's not mamish l'chol mili, but for dinim of who's chayiv in the nezek, there the list of chayiv, because they made a king and of Meshicha, how? Through hitting the animal, making the animal walk. Vaita. Then the Mishnah said, that misara l'roya, if a person gives their animal over to a shepherd, so the Mishnah says, nichna saraya, that the shepherd takes the place of the owner of the animal. So Amne, they learned, they said in the yeshiva, Tacht of the man, exactly what does the Mishnah mean? Ilema, if you're going to interpret the Mishnah the way we did, the way it seems literally, that Tacht of the Baal Behema, for that we don't need our Mishnah. Why? Because Tanino, Chadazimna, we just learned this on Daf Mem Dalet. We had a Mishnah a few Daf ago. The Mishnah says that Misarai, if an owner of an animal gives his animal own over to any one of what we call the four Shaimrim, which is to a Shemrechinam, or to a Shail, or to a nice sacher, or to a seicher. So the Mishnah says, Kulan nichnasu tachas haba'alim. That the shoimrim are all in the place during the period of when they're borrowing, of when they're renting, of when they're guarding. If the animal does damage, the chayf to pay for the damage. So why do we have to have our Mishnah repeating the same din? So it must be, says the Gemara, tacht of the shoimr. Ah, like this. The owner owns an animal. The owner gave it over to a shaymer. The shaymer then gave it over to a shaymer shaini. The shaymer gave it over to a raya. So the Mishnah is telling you that what? That the shaymer kama iftalayla gamri. That's the meaning. Let's read Rashi inside. That's the Chiddush. That what? That uh, look seven lines from the top of the Amid the Nashi. Of the shoimer, this is the meaning of our Mishnah I'm reading inside Rashi. That shoimer l'roya, the shoimer gave it over to a shepherd. Then nichnas of the shepherd is in the place of the shoimer, meaning that if something happened to the animal, if the animal damaged something else, and I'm saying dafka these two things together because our sugya is putting them both together, whether something happened to the animal as well as if the animal damaged someone else's property, the ozli ba'olim umishto'i dino hasheni, that the owner now only deals with the second. And the harisha and the first one is completely off the hook. And everything. In other words, if something happened to the animal, the shaymer is chayef. And, as, and by the way, we're going to speak it out in the Gemara in a moment, if the shaymer rishon was, let's say the shaymer was a shaymer chinam, for Aynas is potter. If he gave it over to another shaymer, and something happened to the animal, then the Shoimer Shein is going to be chayv even anointed. 
why we're going to read it out in a moment in the Gemara. Because for the Shemit to be potter, he has to take an oath that it was an Oynes. The original owner tells the first Shemit, I trusted you. And I knew that if there'll be an Oynes and you'll swear Oynes, I knew I'll believe you. So that's why I gave it to you. I don't know who the second Shemit is. And likewise, we are making the same thing also if the animal damaged someone else, that the only person who's responsible, says the Mishnah, is the shepherd. That is the meaning of the Mishnah. The Shoimerishan is completely off the hook. And the Gemara is going to challenge that. So asks the Gemara, is that the din? Is that the case? If that's the case, Lema to have it to Yufta the Ravon. This is going to be a refutation to that which Ravon taught. The Amar Ravon Ravon teaches, Shoimer Shemaser L'Shoimer. If guardian number one gives the animal over, like we're speaking about an animal to a Shoimer number two without permission, so says Rava, the first Shoimer is Chayiv. And again, even anointness, like we spoke out. Because, how are you exempt from anointness? Because you're taking an oath. The owner tells the Shoimer Rishon, I only know you. If you would have sworn that anointness happened, I'll believe you. You don't know that anointness happened. How do you know that? Because the second Shoimer said that. I don't know the second Shoimer. So Rava says the first Shoimer is on the hook even for anointness. And you're telling me that Pshat our Mishnah is, is that the Raya, who's now like a second Shemir, he's Chayiv? So Amalach Rava. So Rava says, I'll tell you what our Mishnah means. My Mesorei Lorei of our Mishnah, Libarzile, he gave it over to his apprentice. That's completely different. In other words, the owner gave his animal over to a shepherd. The shepherd has an apprentice. Now, when you give your animal over to a shepherd, you know that it's likely that he'll give it over to his apprentice. So you knew that from the outset. Here it's different. And now the din is, if I, the owner, give permission to the Shemirishan to give something over to a Shemirishani, the Shemirishan is out of the equation. So since the Chachamim are establishing that you should have known that the shepherd will give it over to his apprentice during the time it's under the guardianship of the apprentice, only the apprentice is chayiv. And again, on both things. The apprentice is chayiv if something happened to the animal. And that depends on what type of, what type of shomer he was. Shomer chinam, you know, oinus will be putter. he'll also be putter. You have to know the, the dinim. But whatever the law of the first shomer goes to the apprentice. Likewise, if the animal damages someone else, so we learned, Taka, we just said in the Mishnah that the Shoimir is Tachas Haba Olim. Now the apprentice is Tachas Haba Olim, even though there was never a formal agreement to give it over to an apprentice. Because if you go to a hospital, that they, they, it's a teaching hospital, and a student in his first year does the surgery and he makes a mistake, it's your fault. Who asked you to go to that hospital? That, that's, that's the way people do things. Ikadamri, other people interpret that the Gemara said the opposite. The whole conversation was, me, Diktani, Misana since the Mishnah here gave an example of you giving over the animal to a shepherd. The Mishnah doesn't say about you giving it over to someone else, which is a much more general phrase. They understood the Mishnah that way. That our Mishnah is speaking about a case where a person gave his animal to a shepherd. And the Mishnah says that if the shepherd gives it to the apprentice, only there do we say that the apprentice is in the place of the shepherd. The apprentice is the only one that's responsible. Because the because that is what's commonly done. Implying, inferring from our Mishnah, that if 
you give your animal over to a shoimer, not to a shepherd. And the shoimer, without your permission, gives the animal over to another shoimer, then why then the second shoimer is not the one responsible? The first one remains responsible. that's this should be a proof to Rava's din, like we just learned, the Amar Rava, that if a Shoimer gave over whatever he was guarding to a second Shoimer, obviously without the consent of the owner, then the first Shoimer is Chayiv, like we spoke out in Rashi, even Bo'ainas. Because you're only Pater Bo'ainas if you take an oath. The first Shoimer doesn't know what happened. The second Shoimer, the owner says, I don't know you, I don't believe your oath, I never would have given it to you. So they said, here's the chayim. You learned pshat in the Mishnah good, but you can't bring a raya to Rav. Maybe the din of the Mishnah would have been even when a shaymer gives it over to a second shaymer. Maybe. Why did our Mishnah speak about a case where a shaymer gave it over to his apprentice? Because Urcha de Milsikatani. Because that's taka the normal. It's unusual for a guardian without permission to give it over to someone else. What is usual is that when you entrust your animal in the hands of a shepherd, that the shepherd will give it over to people whom he works with, who he's teaching to his apprentice. Gavaldi, however we have time, we're starting now a world-famous sugya. And here it goes. There's a whole discussion of exactly how it comes in over here. We're learning that Fayomi is superficially, it's easy to connect it. We were learning about Shemrim and how Shemrim are in the place of the owners. And we met, we're, again, we're making an equation between me being responsible for the damage that the animal does to others, and the shemir being responsible to damage that happens to the animal. So here's the big question. And we itmar, we have the following machleka samaroim. And Parshas Kisait say, when the trader is telling us the great mitzvah of Ashava Saveda, so the trader writes that, That means if you find something, and the owner is not nearby, or you don't know who the owner is, so the Torah says, that you should take that lost article into your house until your brother will look for it. And that's what we call the famous Mishnah of and then So I have a mitzvah to look after the lost article until I find its rightful owner. How am I viewed, what are my responsibilities vis-a-vis -vis that article? Or if it's an animal. Now, if I would be a shoimer, then I'm going to be chayif. How am I viewed at? So it was stated, Shoimer Aveda, a person who's fulfilling the mitzvah of looking after this lost article. Rabbo says that the Shoimer Aveda has the status of a Shoimer Chinam. Meaning on all counts. First of all, if the animal does damage, you're chayif. That's no, no debate. If something happens to that which you're guarding, so the, the kitzer, a Shoimer Chinam, is only responsible if he was grossly negligent, if he was poishaya. Not only is he exempt if an accident happened by Oynes, but there is something that is in between an accident and negligence that's called, Bolash and Chazal, Geneva Va'aveda. A person held something in their home, and a thief broke into their home and stole it, or they somehow lost it. That's not gross negligence, but on the other hand, you can't say that it was a complete unforeseen mishap, because if you would have put on a better security system, you know, Aganov would, would not have gotten in. If you would have been more mindful, you wouldn't have lost it. So the rule by the, by the Shoimerim is, a Shoimer Chinam is only Chayv by Pshia, a Shoimer Chinam is Pater by Geneva Vaveda and Pater by Oynes. The other side, let's go to the Shoyal, a borrower, is Chayv even for Oynes. And for sure, for Geneva Vaveda, and for sure, for everything. A Shoimer Sachar is in between. A Shoimer Sachar is Pater by Oynes, a Shoimer Sachar is Chayv 
not only by Pshia, but since you're being paid to guard it, you're also going to be Chayv on Gnev of Aved. So how do we look at a Shomer Avedim? So Nabu says he's like a Shomer Chino. He's only Chayv by Pshia. If there was Gnev of Aved, he's going to be Potter. Rabbi Yosef disagrees and he says, no, Nisht, Kishomer Sacher Dami. He's like a Shomer Sacher. How? We'll see in a moment. So Rabbi is easy. He's a Shomer Chino. You're kidding? He's not getting paid. He wasn't even asked. He was asked by God Almighty. He doesn't even know who the owner is. No matter what it is. One second, what is it? But he's getting nothing. You're talking about when he gives it back? Ah, we'll get to that in Bava Metziah. You'll see in a moment that the moment you're a shamer and the animal is costing you money or if you don't take care of it, the animal will get devaluated. You don't always keep the, the item that you lost. But we'll get to the, the concept. Of Shemir Aved, we'll deal with over here. So Rabbi says, Kishemir Chinam Damis, my Hanakomatili. What benefit is he getting? He's like a Shemir Chinam. Of course he's going to be Potter on Geneva of Aved. Rabbi Yisav Amar, Rabbi Yisav says, no, Kishemir Sacher Dami, why? So here in the Gemara, we, are two, we have two reasons. And the two reasons have to do with Hasidus, Char Mitzvah, Aven Yira. But let's, see, let's use the words over here. One opinion is, look at this, Bahahi Hano, by the benefit. And as Tois was importantly in the limits that while you are busy guarding it, not when it's just laying in your house, while you're doing something that you need to do to guard it, based on the rule of if at that time a poor man asks you for money, you don't have to give him money that moment. Because you're busy doing the mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda. So you're benefiting that money that you're not giving. That is the Sacher, Avag Hashem Sacher. Other people, Ikam de Mefarshi Hachi, they don't understand that is the reason. But Rabbi Yosef holds Keshem Sacher Dami. Kivin de Rachmana Shabde Bal Karchei. Since Hashem is demanding of you, commanding you to, to watch over that which you found, you, you are like Hashem Sacher Dami, like many explain the following. That really, really, every shaymer should be chayv and ganev avaved. Eloma, the shaymer chinam, even if he did not say this verbally, but this is the way the Torah is telling you what's going on in his mind. The shaymer chinam is really saying, listen, I don't mind doing you a favor, but I don't want to be penalized for doing you a favor. I will only accept to be a guardian if you let me off the hook by ganev avaved. In other words, the Shemer Chinam doesn't want to get off the hook for Pshia because why would you Pshia? And he's Chayef for Pshia. But you need to have a reason to exempt the Shemer Chinam. And the reason is, is because he never would have accepted to do it without him being left off the hook. A Shemer Aveda, God did not ask you whether you want to watch over the lost article. God is commanding you to do it. So you never had this negotiation power to say, you know what, God, I'll only do it if I'll be off the hook. And the standard rule is, you are a guardian, you're only potter by Oynes. In other words, how do you look at schar mitzvah mitzvah? So if you do mitzvahs for schar, you do a shalai lishma, that's the schar, the shalai lishma. Even how do you monetize it? That you don't have to give money to a poor man when he knocks on your door. Or if you do a mitzvah lishma, that alone is the schar. God commanded you to do it. Yeah. Bottom line is, Rabbi Yosef understands that a Shemer Aveda is a Shemer Sachar. Rabbi holds that a Shemer Aveda is a Shemer Chino. No. How is he a Shemer? He's not allowed to use it. And, he, and he's not a renter. He's not paying anything. And he's not using it. He's either a Shemer Chino or a Shemer Sachar. So what we're going to have in the following sugya, 
just to begin with the simon in the, in the parentheses, so there's going to be a back and forth between Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef, each one trying to refute the opinion of the other, from Braises that deal with the dinner of Hechazira, that deal with Lo'olam, with Hashev, with Chia, Amart, Nishbar, and Soicher. And let's chaparain, let's chaparain and learn the first, the first Braises. So Eisvei, Rabbi Yosef, Lerabo. So Rabbi Yosef is challenging Rabbo who says that a Shoimer Aveda has a din of a Shoimer Chinam. He asked him from the following Braisa, turning to Daphnon Zion. It says in the Braisa, the Braisa is speaking about a guardian. Or, I'm sorry, Rashi says the Braisa is speaking about a person who found a lost article. The Braisa is speaking about you found a lost article. And you know who the owner is. But you didn't return it to his hand. And you didn't put it in his house. You put it in a place, you put it in a place where the owner will be able to see it. Is that called returned or not? So the Braisa appears to have an inherent contradiction. The Braisa begins saying, the moment you put it in a place where the owner can recognize it and can see it, you don't have to uh, be worried about it anymore. In other words, it's called returned. And look at the next line. Then the Baraisa says, If it was stolen or lost, you're chayv and achrayis. It's mamasha stira. So my, in order for it not to be mamasha contradiction, it must be, all this is the kasha that Rabbi Yosef is saying, that nignevavda means, lav does it not mean, nignevavmibesai, avdamibesai. The Baraisa is telling you, once you return it, even if you didn't give it to his possession, even if you didn't put it in his domain, since you put it in a place where he can see it, that's called returned. But if it's in your house and it was Gneva Aveda, the Braisa says Chayef. Clear like Rabbi Yosef. A Shoimer Aveda is Keshoimer Sachar. Answers the Gemara Loi, Rabbi says, Mimakim Shehziram. That it was stolen or lost from the place where you returned it. Ah, you have a stira. So Amar so Rabbi explains, that the second clause in the Braisa is Kegain. Look at this logic. There's two things not to confuse. Rule number one is, will the owner see it when he walks in that area? And then the next question you have to ask is, when will he walk by that area? So if there's going to be a long time until he's going to walk by there, when he'll walk by, he'll see it and he'll pick it up. But since a substantial time will pass, that is where the Braisa says that if in between, for example, you put it in the afternoon. And there are two dinim that we have to deal with. If you put it there in the morning, in a place where when the owner will walk by, he will see it. And not only... Will he see it when he walks by? But he's about to walk by. The Shechiach, the Bach makes it into a Dalit. The Ayel Venafik. It's during a time in the morning that the owner will frequently come back and forth. And he'll see it. That is when the Braisa says in the Reisha, and Chayvli But what's the second clause in the Braisa? If if you bring it, if you put it there in the afternoon, even though you put it in a place, that the owner will see it, you know when he'll see it? When he'll walk there. But he's not walking there tonight. He's only walking there in the next morning. In the afternoon. And the Chazila, he won't see it now. So now the Braisa says, Then you So that Braisa doesn't disprove anyone. Emirz Hashem to be continued.